is the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 24th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the eleven and those with them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. And that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And see, I am sending upon you what my father promised, to stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany and, lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him. And returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they were continually in the temple blessing God. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you from God, our Creator and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. There's ever a class in seminary I regret sleeping through. It was that one entitled Pastoring in a Pandemic. I knew I shouldn't have slept during the class. It just was at the wrong time of day, right? This last year has felt like a crash course as a pastor. I found myself doing things and considering things that were so far beyond the scope of anything I'd ever taught or imagined. It's been this delicate sort of balancing act of presence and absence, and oftentimes those two things put right together. I think back about 14 months ago when we decided that we needed to midweek cancel our worship service in person and move it exclusively online. And I remember rationalizing it by saying, it'll only be for a few weeks, folks. We'll be right back. It'll be just fine. Don't worry. Well, that few weeks turned into a few months and what feels like about 40 years. But again, here we are once more. We're able to gather together in this way. And what I realized is that in that process, worshiping was happening, right? Worshippers were present. The challenge for me was that they weren't physically present with me. There were people there, but they were viewers on the other side of a camera. And as a preacher, as a pastor, that is a very, very different kind of experience. And then I caught myself in a certain trap. Suddenly, I began to track things like likes or follows on YouTubes or comments made underneath. Things that drive me wild in my day-to-day life. And yet here I was as a pastor, grasping for straws, looking for any way to know that what we do, were doing was in some way impacting the lives of others. So that meant, in the rare occasion I received a complimentary email, I read those words and hung on to them, saving those emails so that I could return to them every time I felt discouraged. In fact, I still have a post-it note sitting on my computer screen given to me by Ruth Sear eight months ago because I just can't let go of it because the words of encouragement have continued to mean so much to me. And maybe, maybe this is indeed a way for the emotional needs of a pastor to be met in a moment like this. 
The emotional needs of, of a streaming preacher I have found are different than those of a day-to-day sort of a preacher. Or maybe a bit of it was the novelty of this absence-in-presence sort of a thing that we've learned with this pandemic. Or perhaps it's a little bit of both. So I can't help but take a step back today as I read our readings about the ascension. I can't help but feel like I know a little bit more of how they were feeling perhaps this year than ever. Those disciples who were struggling with those very same issues of absence and presence, both happening at the same time. Because you see, on the one hand, they were experiencing the presence of the risen Lord. Jesus, who they thought had died, was physically present with them again and in this moment has promised them the gifts of the Holy Spirit In other words, the continual presence of God as well. And yet, on the other hand, Jesus was leaving them. Leaving them in those words that echo through the two robed men who show up and ask the question, why are you looking up? Why are you looking up? Every other year that I've preached on this particular text, that's exactly what I've done. I've spent the whole sermon looking up asking questions like, where did Jesus really go? Were his feet really dangling like all those great pieces of art from past years? His little toes just ready to be tickled as he ascends into heaven? Those sorts of questions because I was so busy looking up, but then I've realized this year that this isn't about the absence. It's not about looking up, but instead it's about understanding how Jesus is still very present even in the midst of his absence. And if we take a step back today, and if we look at the text, what we'll realize very quickly is that the details of his absence are very scant. Maybe a portion of a single verse is all the breath that's required by Luke to share that moment. But the entirety of the rest of the text deals with what the disciples, now apostles, have been and will be up to as they continue their mission in light of Jesus absence, how they will be the presence of God in his absence. Indeed, the disciples almost remain unfazed. They just continue to do the things that they were doing, in this case, joyfully worshiping and blessing others as they themselves were just blessed. Now what I've realized is that we, as a congregation, are doing the same things. We have found ways to continue to be the presence of Christ in our community, even in this time of absence. We have continued to find ways to worship, to bless, and even witness to Christ in our lives. We've found ways to be present even in this moment of absence. And actually, the experiences started locally for us, much like those apostles started in Jerusalem, started with the place that they were familiar with. I think back, again, to that moment where in a few days' notice, we did something remarkable. We figured out a way to worship online in a handful of days. And think about that. That broke an 80-year streak here of continual services We did that in like three days and we didn't look back. I mean, that's remarkable. Think about that for a moment. 
every week for 80 years, plus extra worship services and festivals, suddenly pushed aside to meet people where they were, in this case, in the comfort and safety of their own homes. I've started live streaming baptisms, guys. Weird. It's so weird. But it's awesome. You know why? Because I've had people join us from around the world in that moment. I have had sponsors affirm their trust in that baptism of repentance and forgiveness on behalf of a child from states away. The presence of Christ is very much in those moments. It is remarkable to see those communities gathering in any way possible to do the work that needs to be done, in this case, the baptizing of our children. Cynthia, I think about the music. You've not only found ways to provide music for us, Cynthia, you've found ways to make choirs. I mean, invite choirs to provide music as well. Bell choirs and chancel choirs. Here's a fun fact for you. June Eaton is the first person that I'm aware of who's ever sung at her own funeral. (laughs) Think about that for a moment. What a remarkable moment we live in, but what a witness that she was praising God just days before she went to go and be in the full presence of God, and that video was part of our celebration of her life. Amazing. Just truly amazing. But what's even more amazing is that we're not just looking inward, but we found ways to look outward as well. Think about that for a moment. We've taken this worship, which has always been in this space, and we pushed it into a lawn outside or into a Facebook feed so anyone, anywhere can click and join us. And what's amazing, what's amazing is that we're literally doing that thing of sharing and witnessing to the ends of the earth or at the very least, the ends of our country. We have former members who inform me all the time from places like North Carolina and Florida and Oregon that they're following along, which means I'm apologizing to people in other states for my terrible sermons. It's really exhausting. (laughs) But the point is, we are finding ways to be present with each other, even in absence. I even look outside at the little food pantry which showed up during this time. What's amazing to me about that is that that food pantry is filled and emptied repeatedly throughout the week by people we may never talk to, people we may never know. And yet those people are engaging directly with us in ministry, in serving and being served. That, my friends, is what witness looks like. That is how we are present with people even in our very absence. The amazing thing as I step back in this moment is that as we talk through this time of reopening is that we haven't wasted the last 14 months looking up. Instead, what we've done is we've looked out and we've looked around and we've found new and creative ways to do things we've always done. And what I've realized in that is that as we look around, things look different. They do. And things may never be the same. But that's okay. I mean, this very sanctuary in which we are gathered this day, physical spacing, but the physical space itself looks different because we are under construction, because we are literally looking forward to the future here. 
we are gathering as people in new and creative ways, and I don't think we're ever going to go back to the way it was. Indeed, we are still waiting for Jesus to return. Jesus is really, really absent right now. Jesus literally ascended, and for 2,000 years we've awaited his return, but that doesn't mean he hasn't been present in the meantime. Indeed, he's been present in our ongoing witness wherever, whenever, and however that may look. He's present in this moment as we look forward to the future of our ministry here. Jesus is present, believe it or not, in these little communion cups. These little Jesus cups, as I like to call them. Jesus is present in the bread and the wine, which is the very thing that Luther always said. The very real presence of Christ in with and under the bread and the wine. Notice he doesn't use the preposition up, in, with, and under, because it's here, it's in front of us, it's there. We are in the continual presence of Christ, even in this time of absence. And as we continue this process of reopening, we must continue to be that presence of God, a loving presence No, not just within the walls of a building or even in our local community, but to all the ends of the earth. So thanks be to God for each and every one of you and your patience and your love and your grace as we have done that work together. Thanks be to God. Amen.